Hey everyone, welcome to Reformed Podmatics, hosted by the pastors of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. It's Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey, and this podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Reformed Podmatics. I am Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Zach. And uh, thanks for joining us on Reformed Podmatics. It's uh, hopefully going to be an enlightening discussion, <laughs> illuminating discussion here on something that is a little bit lighter of a topic, but something that also, I would guess, parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, uh, think quite regularly about not just for themselves, but if you are entrusted hmm. to care for the minds of other people, um, consuming media and how we do that, how much we do that, um, uh, what yeah. principles we use when doing that uh, is is something that I know there are many podcasts about already. Um, mm-hmm. My wife Pam, shout out to Pam, who is a faithful <laughs> listener, uh, listens <laughs> hey, to Pam. <laughs> listens to many podcasts about being a mom and hmm. one of one of the main topics of of being a mom being a parent is the formation of the mind of your child and uh, so what we'll get mostly into um hmm. matters of raising up children to be responsible consumers of media but really if if that doesn't describe you and describe the situation that you're at in life right now if you're a single person or um married person with no kids myself um, yes <laughs> including pastor Zach um, I think that these principles will apply just as much to any adult as they would to children. Um, as we discuss these matters, a lot of our focus will be on kids, but hopefully these are universal principles as well. Yeah, it's a good distinction to make that though this will be maybe most useful for parents who have young kids, um, that this will be true for all people too, because Christians do need to be worried about or concerned about uh, what our minds are are thinking about uh, yeah. that's something that we're we're commanded in Scripture to be to be careful with um, and to be uh, on guard about. And so, just for example, Romans chapter twelve talks about the renewal of our mind, yeah. uh, not being conformed to the ways of this world, but having our mind renewed. And so, that is the Christian life: is to be transformed by that renewal. Um, and our mind is a gift from God that we are called to use well, not to uh, just veg out, um, <laughs> not just to uh, to consume junk food, essentially, but yeah. to think about beautiful, good, and true things. Um, and that's really one of the main, I think, verses of this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the kind of classic that that uh, we've actually talked about as a theme verse for past episodes, particularly our one on on beauty and aesthetics mm-hmm. that we did, I believe, last summer. I yeah. think that was last oh, wow. August. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap uh, on this topic with the beauty episode. Yeah, yep. definitely. And so in that passage from Philippians chapter 4, Paul commands us to set our mind on things of value. So particularly what Paul says in that passage from uh, 
Philippians 4, verse 8 and following, he says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so yeah. that is what we are called to set our minds to. And so when it comes to media, we, we need to be thinking not just about avoiding certain things, yeah. uh, but also what kind of movies and TV shows or news are we watching and how are we consuming it? How are we watching it? And how are we thinking through what we're watching? It's interesting when hearing that Philippians 4 text, I think a lot of modern people will say, wow, how could I, how could I think only about what is pure and noble and true and praiseworthy um and and part of the reason that people could just feel so defeated when hearing a text like that is we consume so much media Hmm. that somebody would hear a command and say "I, i don't know if i could ever filter all that junk out and think about only what is pure and noble and true and praiseworthy and and that it's in a way it's an indictment of our culture, which is quite media saturated, media obsessed, um, social media, especially uh, through YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, that that temptation to just scroll, 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 keep scrolling through. Um, If if that's our mindset in our life, or if we're raising kids just to play video games all day, every day, and we hear a verse like that, we would say, that would almost be impossible. But Paul writes that from a culture that really wasn't media obsessed or saturated yeah. and there's probably something good about that uh, of of that unplugged nature of that culture and if it sounds like something impossible maybe that means you just need to consume less media in general so that when you are consuming something it's true and noble and beautiful and good um and so that'll be a lot of what we what we get to as as we give introductory thoughts. I was also looking at our notes here and thinking this is actually going to be a lot like our episode on alcohol, Hmm. (laughs) which sounds really strange, but I think it's, we're going to take a position towards media much like we did with alcohol that, um, Hmm. Hey, alcohol is a, a good thing in scripture. It's, um, it's, uh, something that's sort of used to celebrate and, uh, meant to be used very responsibly. Um, but, there's a lot of danger very clearly in scripture with the use of alcohol too. And so uh, I think the fundamentalists on either side, either the fundamentalist who will say no alcohol is a lot like the fundamentalist who will say, um, just read old books. Uh, just sit, yeah. sit down with your catechism or, um, <laughs> read, you know, watch old cartoons only, um, is very similar to, uh, the person who is a bit of a teetotaler, you might say, and we're not going to take that position in mm. this in this podcast. But neither are we going to say um, more of what is called the neo kyperian view of uh, just it's all good because Christ is exalted; He's ruler over all; He's sovereign over mm-hmm. all things, and so it doesn't really matter what I watch, and I don't have to be all that careful. That's that's almost like the person who has um, a haphazard attitude towards alcohol. And doesn't actually realize the dangers that come with um, a, consum- a, a habitual consumption of what is not good for you. So yeah. I, I think there's actually quite a few, uh, quite a bit of overlap with an issue like that. And so we're going to fall in the middle. And, and <laughs> t- spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> we'll just say um, discerning Christian use of media, Christian consumption of media can be done really by applying 
a few basic biblical principles and by being attentive. I think that that is maybe one of the words that you're going to come away from the podcast with is being attentive, watching, discerning, testing everything according to scripture and and then engaging the world and and including media. Yeah, there could be some argument you could make to the fact that well we're we're all going to we're not going to always be able to choose what media we consume. You yep. may be, you know, at the store and you walk <laughs> by the TV aisle where the TVs are being sold, maybe at Costco, even just magazine covers. <laughs> you, yeah, magazine yep. covers. And so it's like you can't always choose what media you're putting in front of yourself. Um, or maybe you mistakenly go, you go to a movie not not knowing exactly what you're getting yourself into mm. and you find that oh there's actually a lot in this movie that uh, is sort of problematic and I have issues with mm-hmm. um, so the call from Paul is to set your mind on on the good things um, so to think through but that doesn't mean that everything can be redeemable or mm. that you should just rush into watching ev- anything and everything. Uh, we have to be very careful. And we also, at the same time, we, we cannot bind consciences, I don't think, as yeah. pastors to give you a list of rules of, okay, if it's rated PG-13, yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't watch it. Or if it's rated R, you shouldn't watch it. Of course, there's always exceptions. And so what's required in a lot of this is wisdom. I think a lot of times people want easy answers to questions yeah. uh, just was asked a, a couple weeks ago by someone uh, Zach can somebody who's not a Christian be a wise person mm. <laughs> and I started to explain that well in some sense yes uh, they can be very very wise uh, there's plenty of you know wise professors or doctors or mm-hmm. uh, world leaders uh, world leaders who have worldly wisdom and and i don't mean that in a bad way i just mean that they have a basic knowledge of how to live well in the world Mm -hmm. um but but ultimately they don't have wisdom and a christian understanding and the biblical view because they don't have christ who is himself the embodiment of wisdom you can have all kinds of of worldly wisdom but if you don't have christ you are not in the ultimate sense a wise person uh, you are in the dark. Uh, you could be Plato or Aristotle, and you could be wise in some sense, mm-hmm. but without Christ, you are ultimately in the dark. And yeah, I could that tell to media for sure. <laughs> this yeah. this answer I could tell for this person was not satisfactory <laughs> uh, because it was complex. Yeah. Uh, they kind of I think were wanting a yes or a no response, mm-hmm. and not a well it depends on what you mean sort of response. But I think to be true and to give a honest reflection on that on that question was from it required me to get into a little bit of the complexity yeah Um, yeah so so, like is there wisdom in a movie that wasn't that's not a christian movie is essentially the same question yeah Yeah. in a sense there there could be wisdom but there's going to be gaping holes as well and sometimes those gaping holes will be actually thought-provoking in a way that could be helpful Mm mm-hmm other times, those gaping holes, those lacks, those lacking, those movies with huge holes of morality issues or yeah. uh, huge problems such as nudity, uh, yeah, you, you should avoid those those sorts of things. Uh, there's no really redeeming uh, some of those kinds of movies, and so yeah, you once used the uh, the illustration of uh, in Common Grace. Uh, we do believe that God can work through uh, uncustomary means, can work through sinners to reveal 
good things in the world and and can bless sinful people who are not born again mm-hmm. with uh, with that some extent of wisdom, but right. to go and seek only wisdom from those places is a lot like going to a dumpster to look for food and is is it true that you could find lots of good food in a dumpster yes it is actually true that if you go outside the grocery store you could find some pretty good food there but um at the same time to know that this is coming from uh the heart the mind of a regenerate person and does pass the test of scriptural truth um why not look in those sources like with reading a book by c.s lewis instead of um, only reading from you know, Harry Potter and so forth. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can make you could learn things from Harry Potter exactly right? about yes. like va- character va- values and right endurance and, and fighting yeah. evil. And, yep, and, and being loyal to your friends and those are all good things. But yeah. if and and I don't think Harry Potter is something that Christians can't read personally. But uh, yeah, if you're wanting to see good values, there could be better places to look possibly. Sure. Um, yeah, and, and that that isn't necessarily to say that Harry Potter is like a dumpster of of <laughs> morality, but yeah. but I think that overall, think think in general of one's life. You know, is is it always going to the dumpster to mm-hmm. look for food, or at times are are you hopefully going to say I'm, I'm going to read scripture, I'm going to read an, a, a good old Puritan paperback, or yeah. um, just something that I know is a good source of life and. It's going to feed my soul in a positive way. When we talk about media, um, an unfortunate thing is, um, to get back to my earlier point, I think people think, I have to watch TV. I have to watch so watch YouTube or, or scroll through my social media. Hmm. Where, whereas that is not true, actually. That, mm-hmm. that That's a little bit like, turning your TV on is a little bit like going to the dumpster in, in, in a way and always expecting to find some food there. Um, I think that you don't have to watch all that stuff and you can yeah. turn it off and open a Bible or mm-hmm. open something that you know is going to be a real, really uh, like a, a fountain mm-hmm. of, of truth, of, of wisdom uh, for you. And so maybe that's not such a bad place to start actually is just saying um, you don't have to watch <laughs> as much as you do. Uh, yeah. Thinking, uh, I know we let our kids watch uh, we let them play video games on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Those are game days is what we we call it. <laughs> and then the other days they can watch cartoons after they're done with their homework, um, but nothing in the morning. And so that's kind of how we limit that. Yeah. Um, but we're not perfect. And honestly, they probably still end up watching more shows than they need to. But uh, mm-hmm. we're trying to train in them a mentality of you don't have to watch so much. Uh, yeah. just training your brain away from that temptation something mm. maybe i could do better too yeah that's something my wife is is good at she'll just very clearly tell me i'm done watching television yeah. today can it's we just talk yeah so even i find myself just wanting to go to screens and just just sort of you know release yeah, right. and just veg, veg out yeah. and just oh. see what's going on in the sports world today or uh, just watching the latest cooking show or whatever. What's really um, bad, I can just cycle through what there is and, and mm-hmm. do that for half an hour before, oh, I guess there was really nothing, and I have accomplished nothing. All yeah. I've watched is, or I, all I've seen is what's available on YouTube and mm-hmm. historical documentaries, and I don't even pick anything. That's yeah. that's really <laughs> not, not good. And all. so, yeah, you can t- 
turn things off. Yeah. That that is always. I mean, that's that's, that's something. A sign that I should just not do that <laughs> and, and go read. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, another scripture that I would want to bring up is, oh, yeah. is one that I will read to parents when they have a baby. Um, it's my favorite text to read when I go to the hospital and can't do that now because of COVID. But once the pandemic is completely behind us and I can go to the hospital and visit parents with a newborn baby, um, I, I like to read Philippians 1, which um, to me is about the Christian life, but it's particularly helpful for parenting especially with regard to this issue of how we lead our kids and, and what we allow them to, to watch and consume and think about. Uh, and so Paul says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be, be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. So it's not just an application for us personally, but we want to discern what is best, not just what is good, Hmm. Not just what is permissible, but what is best for what we consume, what we take in. Um, and that's not just in the moral sense, I believe. Uh, discern what is best in, in that it, what is beautiful is what we want yeah. our, our kids to be growing in a hunger for. What is true, what is going to build them up. Instead of just not being bad, we want it to be actively good and, and forming their character mm -hmm. so that they may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Of course, we know that it isn't our activity that makes them pure and blameless. It's Christ himself, but <laughs> we can set them up. Um, Matt Chandler is a, is a pastor in, um, Texas, in Texas who, who says, uh, I think he uses a good illustration for parenting. He says, um, think of a building a fire uh, the parent is responsible to set up the kindling and the, the fuel and the logs and to have things set up as much as you can and the spirit produces the fire or not. Hmm. And so I, I think that that is actually a good illustration for how we parent, especially with media consumption. Yeah. Um, we, we are called to be diligent and to set that fire up, the, the, the logs up, Mm -hmm. in, in the best way we can actively and um, the spirit can prompt our kids to to be filled and to know Christ um, and hopefully that does happen but but ultimately we cannot make it happen but we are yeah. responsible to put effort towards it I would say yeah and so that is why sort of curating what our children are watching yeah. Um, and guiding them through that, especially once they become able to reason a little bit more and you can explain your choices as a parent mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And then maybe even at a certain point when they're perhaps in their teen years, watching certain things with them, maybe oh, yeah. things that you hadn't previously allowed them to, and then talking it through with them and helping them to discern what is true and what is good and what is valuable in, in a movie like, like a Harry Potter or something. Um, so maybe a, yeah. your young five-year-old, you're not reading Harry Potter too, but maybe once they hit 13, you read Harry Potter. Or I'm not saying 13 is the yeah. magical age for reading Harry Potter. Especially the later books from what I've heard. Yeah, they get darker and deeper. Ones. Yeah, maybe okay for little kids. but And yeah. so then you can talk through it with them perhaps. Uh, or maybe the same could go for Lord of the Rings. I don't think we're, we're going to be reading a four-year-old Lord of the Rings. Maybe maybe a 10-year-old you might. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you could talk through that with them um, and the different lessons that can be discerned and, and learned from a story like that. Uh, and so the, the overall lesson here, I think, is that 
and this is something that was really profound to me when I was in seminary. I was reading a book um, uh, by actually by James K.A. Smith, a Calvin University professor, um, and he made the point that was just totally groundbreaking to me. It's not all that, I think, like far-fetched or anything. It, it, I just never thought of it before. He made the point that art and things that we create as humans aren't just things we create, but they are things that form us as well. So we don't just form them ourselves. They have a sort of retroactive effect or they reverse effect on forming us. Mm -hmm. So we don't just make movies as humans or we don't just make uh, art or, um, or things like that, but those things have a reverse effect on us. And he's talking about it in terms of worship services. So we don't just create a worship service, but a worship service actually has a formative influence on how we understand God and the gospel. Um, yeah, and so just r- taking that idea and running with that, and this is no, nothing that's that he coined or came up with. This is something that I think philosophy has been pointing out for a long time. But that was a crazy idea to me to see that actually the things that we're consuming are shaping us as people. They're that's so, sort of putting the kindling of the fire together mm-hmm. in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And so as parents, we do have the responsibility. I speak for my future self, perhaps, uh, of of curating in a good way, and or yourself as a youth leader. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and by curating, I don't mean we we get all of our we go we go on guard and we're sure. every little Super thing defensive. is it's wrong with each movie. We just say, nope, not that movie. We're only going to watch Veggie Tales from now on. Um, <laughs> Veggie Tales. <laughs> I think curating takes a lot of wisdom as your child is growing to help them discern and to pick out what is good in in shows or or movies Mm -hmm. and that actually takes like watching things with them or being knowledgeable about what it is that they're consuming so you can dialogue with them about it um yeah well and and even as we say that some people might be intimidated and say i'm not very good at like discerning the hidden messages of (laughs) the some movie that we just watched um and, and I would say, don't worry about that. What is actually hmm. most important is the conversation is happening. Yeah. And so, uh, okay, we just watched a cartoon, just asking questions like, uh, what what were some values in that mm-hmm. that were taught to us? Hmm. Um, often from a Disney movie, the value that's taught is, don't trust authority. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't trust your parents. Your parents are bad. They don't know what's best for you. You know what's best for you because you know your heart and no one can stop you. Like that is yeah. a huge theme through Disney movies. And so um, you don't have to memorize every line from the movie that reflected a disrespect of parents. But mm-hmm. I, w- what we're trying again to model with our kids is that we talk about things. <laughs> and so... Yeah. When when the show is on, um, one thing that we've actually tried to talk about pretty regularly is if if we know the people producing it is our Christians, we try to note how something that they've done reflects that they are believers. Hmm. Uh, so, Dude Perfect um, is a show my my kids really love, and they just do <laughs> trick shots. It's pretty pretty mindless most of the time, but um, there's a documentary about them going on tour, and they pray with some. Uh, kids who have cancer and they get really emotional when they're doing it because they show that they really love this kid and it's hmm. they really talk about their faith a lot they pray at the beginning of the tour yeah. the dad comes in of one of the guys and he prays for everybody and they all hug and we're just 
we're going to talk about that to reinforce that this was a really good thing. And <laughs> now that we know Dude Perfect are Christians, we can really trust what they produce. And we notice that they don't swear. And, yeah. and I, we think the reason is they follow Jesus, and that's why. And so just having the conversation, let it organically go where the Spirit leads, is a good thing. <laughs> you don't have to be Roger Ebert, uh, you know, movie critic, super profound insights into the movie in order to just say, what did we learn from that together? Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids are then learning to discern. Yeah. And and they're not. that's not just going to happen while they're kids, but then when they're 30 and 40 years old, hopefully they'll just ask that same question. What did I really learn from that? What were the values being promoted to me? How was I formed to Jamie Smith's point by yeah. what I just saw? Yeah. And so this doesn't just apply to kids' movies either or even to being a parent and raising kids. This applies to adults as well. How do we discern uh, what we what mm-hmm. it is we're consuming um, and hmm. what, at what point do we maybe just turn something off yeah. stop stop watching things that maybe we're so accustomed to watching um how do we discern value i think one thing that adults need to be thoughtful of especially in today's world is uh news media consumption mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, news media is also forming us oh yeah a, a certain way we talk a lot about how movies or shows that tell stories are forming us because they're showing us certain character traits or uh, they're they're making normal things that weren't otherwise normal um, or they're mm-hmm. I don't know, through story we, we learn a lot about how to be a human for good or for bad uh, we don't often think about news media and how it shapes us and how it tells a certain narrative yeah um, this it's is something we need to think about what what is what what sort of responses are the media sources that we take in eliciting from us? Are they evoking in us? Are we feeling ourselves full of rage for people who disagree with us? Are we, are we making fun of people who disagree with us? This is something that um, I've sort of noticed over the years of different media outlets that I was taking in different pundits or commentators on what was going on politically, especially when Trump was just president making and he, fun and of he people. made fun of people yeah. and then conservative news people loved when he would make fun of people. Yes. Like that was just very evident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so jump right on board with lion Ted and crooked Hillary and yeah. all this name called junior highish name calling. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that has become so commonplace. Um, or there's a sort of like highbrow. I'm better than you. Cause I don't think like, <laughs> like you sort of approach, um, there's all sorts of posturing, yeah. and I think what a, what a lot of media does is it makes us um, angry towards the other side. So we have to be informed individuals. It's a good thing to know what's going on in the world um, as much as possible. Not everybody needs to be an expert in what's going on geopolitically. Last week you heard our episode on Ukraine. Sure. I think you could both tell Mark and I are not <laughs> – experts on what's going on on the ground in ukraine yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, nobody really has the time for that most of us only have maybe 30 minutes at the end of the day to watch the news and see what's going on Uh, but we do have to always take things with a grain of salt i don't think we can totally just do without media and just not trust any news source as a there is a lot of that uh these days um 
but we should also, yeah, we should take things with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. And if we're finding ourselves just being angry or looking down on other people or thinking, or not even being able to explain why they they think differently than us, mm. then we've not thought deeply enough about what it is that we're consuming. Um, if oh. you're if you're watching Tucker Carlson and you're walking away just being angry at, uh, at dumb people in America, yeah, there's an issue. Or just look at the headline. Often it's so often where there will be. A, this is true for Fox News and for CNN. What is said at the bottom hmm. is catechetical. It's meant to. Yeah, that's that's what it's meant for for you to go away from that show with. Democrats ruin the country again. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, Trump once again, uh, you know, discovered to be uh, you know the the problem of the whole world. I, like they're not quite so brazen usually. Sometimes they it's just very are that baby. bad. Exactly. But but just look at the screen at times yeah. and um, and recognize that's meant to form you. It's meant to to pull you in a certain direction. Um, and so th that's more on the news media side. Hopefully it's obvious to people th when this is happening. Maybe sometimes it's not, but um, like I know uh, Pam and I, like we, we listened to, to Rush Limbaugh once because it was, you know, we hear so many people love Rush Limbaugh, listen to Rush Limbaugh every day, you know, uh, mm -hmm. people just mm -hmm. really devoted to Rush Limbaugh. So we're like, okay, well, what's this all about? Let's just turn it on for, for 15 minutes and... I mean, our jaws just hit the floor. It was unbelievable yeah. what he was saying about other people, his anger, his insulting, his, yep. um, I, I was, I would guess maybe some people were desensitized to that over just a, like a, a long years mm -hmm. and years and even decades of listening to Rush, but yeah. we heard it for the first time and it was like, um, you know, it was like a kid hearing a like a, a movie like with just swearing constantly like what are all these yeah. words you know like that that was kind of how we felt and so be aware of what you may be desensitized to yeah uh, for me for a while that was violence because i watched a lot of violent movies when i was in college and now actually i'm a lot more sensitive to them because i, I got out of it mm. for a long time and the same thing can be true with um political anger media um yeah. anger porn almost is really what it is yeah i will say i feel a lot better uh, now that i don't listen to daily wire stuff yeah every day which several years ago that was basically every day i was listening to different daily wire people like ben shapiro or andrew clavin or yeah. yeah matt walsh or michael knowles i listened to a lot of michael knowles and now i listen to him and i wonder what was i thinking listening to this um <laughs> i think yeah. i really enjoyed the petty jokes that were made mm -hmm. or the put downs that would be made and just the pompous attitude that he had towards, uh, towards liberals. And it f made me feel powerful. Yeah. You know? And I think I got, I got sort of like a, a high, I got a rush mm. from that. I can remember watching, uh, there was this YouTube channel. This is, people are now knowing deep parts of my soul. <laughs> You're seeing how I'm a deeply flawed individual. Yeah. There was one YouTube channel that a friend of mine found that I used to watch religiously called Ben Shapiro Thug Life. Oh boy. And it was just clips of Ben Shapiro. Owning making, people. Yeah, owning yeah. the libs. <laughs> right. Um, All the leftist tears. Yeah. You know, I still, from time to time, I'll listen to Ben Shapiro on certain things. I listen to him maybe just a couple times uh a year at this point mm. um i just don't listen to a whole lot of news or political media but um uh, there's still things he says that are good but I yeah just, on certain issues like legal matters he is a trained lawyer 
Yeah. And he, so sometimes can be very interesting yeah, on a, sp- a constitutional matter. That yeah. is his wheelhouse, but um, commenting on all sorts of moral mm-hmm. minutia mm-hmm. and uh, responding to, uh, you know, just current events sometimes can just yeah. go way off the rails into really yeah. what is a non-Christian, non-spirit-filled spirit-filled response. So, yeah. And there's yeah. very similar sorts of uh, outlets that are... It's basically comedy. It's the news yeah. with a tinge of comedy. And the the comedy show. is yep. making fun of people. So yeah, The Daily Show yep. or The Young Turks would be a popular YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Or at least they were. I don't know if they are anymore. I honestly have no clue. Uh, or <laughs> Louder with Crowder or yep. um, Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, people like this where they tell the news, but it's often just full of put downs oh, uh, and last demeaning. Week tonight, that's a big one with um, the hmm. British guy. What's his name? Last is it uh, James Corden? No, it's anyways. It, it, <laughs> last week tonight, it's it's that British guy with the John something. He's uh, he has the short British uh, the uh, the short black hair and the British accent. I can't remember. I'm sure everyone who's listening who knows this, he swears a lot. You know, a oh, lot. Okay. And, and he's he does just the Daily Show type thing mm. where he just makes fun of people. Yeah, and it's just I don't know. I I think that we need to as a culture rise above that sort of thing. Maybe I'm looking down on them now, yeah. but if we're telling the news and what's going on in the world with a tinge of of uh, just I'm better than everybody else, you know that sort of brazen arrogance. John Oliver. John. Yeah. O- oh yeah, yeah, John Oliver. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can see him now in his glasses. Yeah, right, right. Anyways. Um, but, uh, we maybe should sh- get away from that, I right. think, as much as possible and learn to humanize people again. And even shifting gears into more children's media um, discernment, I hmm. uh, maybe want to give some advice of some things that we found kind of helpful. Um, hmm. We, As a family, we generally separate media between there's old shows and there's new shows and the dangers are going to be different for things that were made basically before 2010 and after 2010 especially after the obergefell case where same-sex marriage was um, permitted throughout the country Um, it was deemed unconstitutional to prohibit same-sex marriage and so essentially legalizing gay marriage and so really since then the um, LGBTQ plus propaganda machine has gone into overdrive. And so we're, we're very sensitive to basically any kids media that was, that has been produced in really the last five years, especially in the last two or three years. Hmm. Um, And uh, something before 2010 though, like sometimes people could fall into the trap of thinking it's old and it must be good. And if yeah. it's new, it must not <laughs> be good. Age. If it's new and Disney made it or Nickelodeon made it or Cartoon Network and those three sources are very suspect and yeah. are actually very open right now about the propaganda that they put mm-hmm. in in movies and um, even kids' TV shows. Yeah. Um, that That is there. There but, was an interesting yeah, example from, of this recently with the CEO of Disney. Um, I would read the quote from my computer, but my computer has died oh. during the uh, recording process here. So, uh, Mark, if you can find yeah. that on yeah, there. Yeah, I got it right here in I'll front of you. I'll have you read that. Yeah, so Bob Chapek, the uh, CEO of Disney, much maligned CEO of Disney, but not for this reason. People <laughs> just think he's a money grubber. But um, I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll read his quote. He says, this is in response to some advocacy people thought they should be doing and that they just um, 
the, these critics were saying they're not doing enough. Chapik mm-hmm. says, our employees see the power of this great company as an opportunity to do good. Okay, so far so good. Mm-hmm. That, that's all right. And he said, I agree. Yes, we need to use our influence to promote that good by telling inclusive stories. It's actually not necessarily bad so far either. But also by standing up for the rights of all. Okay, so far so good still. And he says, I am committed to this work and to all you and will continue to engage with the LGBTQ plus community so that I can become a better ally. Okay, just red flags all over there. Um, You will hear more about our progress in the coming weeks. I truly believe that we are an infinitely better and stronger company because of our LGBTQ plus community. I miss the mark in this case, but am an ally you can count on. And I will be an outspoken champion for protections, visibility, and opportunity you deserve. Mm. Um, Yeah, so you see there from that quote the very clear intentions of Disney as a company uh, to promote the cause of the LGBTQ um, movement uh, through promoting it through movies. Through story. Through story. um, And through, yeah, through storytelling. And so... This actually is nothing new to Christians who have maybe had a background in these sort of culture wars, or you've mm. list, you've grown up in a culture warsy church, or you you, yeah. you listen to uh, certain podcasts or whatever, and so and I think that there's a lot of this is a, this is a huge red flag, right? It's very yeah. clear that Disney is promoting this thing and trying to normalize it through movies. This goes again back to our beauty episode, beauty and aesthetics episode from last summer. They have realized that the way to fight the fight is not through making rational arguments so much as it is about using story and using movies, using art essentially Mm -hmm. to normalize what is good and true and beautiful, or at least their understanding of what is good good and true and beautiful. Um, And often I think Christians have been maligned for being overly discriminating of, of movies for promoting bad things. But here it is on full and open <laughs> display that yes, movies and TV shows are clearly being used to teach certain values and to teach the world what is to be seen as being good and righteous. Um, this reminds me of a story which I may have brought up on this podcast at some point. Uh, when I was in college, I mm. was assigned a project in my diversity course, U.S. Diversity 180, I believe. Was, was that a course. public university? Yeah. Yeah, at, at California State University, Fresno. And it was an extra credit assignment, I will say. It wasn't required, but the assignment was to go to the Gay Pride Film Festival. In Fresno, it's called Real Pride, R-E-E-L, Pride Film Festival. It's every fall. So this would have been 2013. Uh and so I went to watch the movie at the local like artsy theater in, in Fresno's mm-hmm. Tower District, which is like its artsy district. Um, and they had like a presentation before the, the movie was shown. And it was about a half an hour lecture on normalizing gay and lesbian stories through film. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of the whole yeah. film festival. So that wasn't too uh, too much of a stretch, but... It was very clear, and he I think the person even said, the guy said, make no mistake about it, we have an agenda. <laughs> we want to normalize these stories. And so he spent the majority of that lesson or that lecture talking about how 
up to that point in 2013, a lot of gay stories had been on the peripheral, mm. uh, the margins of leading TV shows or movies where it wasn't so much the main characters. And so the movie we watched that night, which I believe was a film called GBF or Gay Best Friend, uh, told the story where the two lead characters were two boy, high school boys who came out in high school. And so it's their coming out story, coming out of the closet as mm. being gay. And so they were p- trying to say what we want to do now going forward in the LGBTQ film community is make LGBTQ stories front and center of this process. And this is how we're going to normalize it in the world going forward. Mm-hmm. And so it's not conspiracy theorist for a Christian to say, look, movies are p- trying to very clearly yeah. push agendas. That that was something that was openly admitted, almost kind of uh, said. Triumphalistically. Tr- tri- yeah, yeah, triumphalistically. Yeah. That's a good word. That's the, uh, this is just the way it is, and it's where we're going as a culture. Yeah, make yeah. no mistake. He was very blatant about, yeah. about this being the case. And so it's not crazy for a Christian to say, look, movies and TV and media, social media, no, not people aren't really pushing for a neutral agenda. Yeah, they're, they're against God's kingdom. They are against God's kingdom and yep. his word. And so we need to be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, they hate us. And so maybe <laughs> I, I would, my... I would put it strongly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, they, this, so oh, yeah, they were not... JPEG's, JPEG's statement is interesting because so much of it, it's true on the surface. Yeah, being inclusive. Yeah, and um, making space, being a friend to homosexual people. Like that, those are things that we should care about deeply. Yeah. But so the, the words mean certain things, but the real meaning of what that means is we're going to be actively advocating for this ethic. It's not mm. enough to say it's permitted. This is the whole Florida thing right now. Yeah. It's not enough to say that... Um, that it's it's permitted to talk about these things it it must be promoted it must yeah. be shoved into people's homes and their living rooms um it just came out i, I want to say last week picks from pixar that pixar has intentionally been putting same-sex displays of affection in movies even if it's not always you know it's not a kiss or whatever that would be obvious to people but just um little subtle um things that animators can do very deftly and hmm. carefully to to make people think a certain way about um, same-sex attracted people. That's That just came out. It was openly acknowledged. Yeah. Why was it acknowledged? Because there's pressure put on these, um, these companies to be a better ally, a more open and upfront ally to uh, the LGBTQ plus community, hmm. um, which I don't even know sometimes how all those letters fit together. Um, philosophically but uh yeah, this community that is very politically motivated and uh, maybe a better term would just be the sexual revolution community quite honestly um <laughs> because i think that's almost a better description yeah than it's anarchical in the sense that it is revolutionary and wants to it's destroy li- it's libertine it wants to deconstruct the nuclear family mom dad and, and kids um as normative and and mm-hmm. good um, and so that sexual revolution um, group, uh, for lack of a better term, yeah. uh, is is pushing for these things and is, is now becoming more and more open about what that agenda is. And so mm-hmm. um, just quickly as we start to close, I, I think uh, I, I mentioned earlier about how not all good 
all older media is necessarily good. It is true, and not just a woke accusation, that there is older media that does have a lot of racism in it. For example, Bugs yeah. Bunny cartoons. Um, I I was watching Bugs Bunny with our kids um, several months ago because they like to watch Bugs Bunny, and I like that it's old and it's not going to have a lot of this woke stuff in it. Um, but the uh, Foghorn Leghorn cartoon uh, said a very racist thing against Mexican people uh, and how they mm. don't pay rent or something. It was just like pure open racism mm. in, in a in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yikes. And um, yeah. and so obviously there are often portrayals of uh, Latinos as being lazy, um, particularly mm. the Speedy Gonzalez uh, yeah. cartoons and black people being a certain way in Bugs Bunny cartoons, the the famous Bugs Bunny on the desert island um, or on the on the the, the life raft um, cartoon where you know Bugs, uh, I forget all the the details of it, but hmm. I, I remember it's basically a banned cartoon now because it does have racist elements yeah. in it, and so it would be good if our kids don't watch that and and have that that poison in their minds. Um, another factor is old material can often flatten moral issues down to a, a simplistic level. Um, uh, I like the Andy Griffith show and um, I think Leave it to Beaver and, and those old shows are are good and they do teach good morals in a lot of ways. Respect your parents, don't lie. There are mm-hmm. consequences to misbehavior, um, but sometimes can flatten things down to a level that is maybe making things a little bit too simplistic. So there are dangers in that mm-hmm. old media and um, in the new media, in a lot of ways, it's it's opposite. It's it's a questioning of any pure morality, and uh, you just be who you are, follow your feelings, live your truth. All that kind of stuff is is really, I would say, post twenty ten material. That's almost going to be the default message. Yeah, that definitely fits in line with my experience of that that Pride Festival mm. or the film festival of that was twenty thirteen and they were really ramping up efforts at that point it seemed like and so but even just talking about it so uh, if you watch an old old show uh, talk about it if you watch a a Mm -hmm. new show like i found um our daughter watching a show that uh called tots on disney plus where um, little animals deliver adoptive babies to families and sure enough there were two moms in the episode that Mm -hmm. i sat down and watched with her and we talked about it. She's in sixth grade, so we yeah. had. It's really a more a show for little kids, but um, it was a good opportunity to say we we reject that. We we think that that's yeah. actually wrong. That we think um, a a baby deserves a mom and a dad, and and a mom and a dad is what um, the, the, the sort of the, the <laughs> forming basis of a family. And so we could talk about it. And she, I don't know if she exactly understood everything, but uh, it yeah. was an opportunity to do that. And so just watching shows together um, instead of being afraid i think that that gets to something jesus said about it's not so much what enters a man that makes him unclean but what comes out what what happens in the heart that Hmm. makes us unclean um i don't think we have to be live in fear of these things being out there in the world otherwise we'll just retreat but at the same time to have our eyes open to the, the possibility that there is evil and it is being promoted to us and we're called to discern it yeah. So there's a lot here yeah. to think yeah. about. We <laughs> hope that we've encouraged you to be discerning and not just 
again, by discerning, filtering out what's bad, but by setting your minds to what is good and what is true and what is righteous and to to understand that that the world is going to form us all in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we need to be careful as to how we are being shaped by that which we are taking in because, as you said, it's not what we take in so much as as it's what comes out of us. That formation inside of us will result in certain certain ways in our lives. Yeah. And so we do, do need to be careful, um, and just to discern how it is shaping us and those whom we love and those whom we're responsible for. And so, yeah, we thank you guys for listening to episode 79 yeah. of reformed Podmatics. It's been a wild <laughs> ride. We uh, will look forward to hearing from you and being again with you next week. All right. See you.